The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Matt Michaels here. I'm the DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And Joe, here it is, 14 years in the making, the anniversary show this Sunday, the 18th, Father's Day, at the Silverton Casino, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific time start. And um, what's it looking like here now that uh, we are, what, just about four days away? Yeah, today's the wife's birthday, and in wow, four days, birthday. yes, and then we have the show. So it's like what was eight weeks away quickly became three weeks away, quickly is now four days away. So it's like uh, we're going to be heading to the Silverton tomorrow, make sure everything's where it needs to be, uh, how we're going to set up. I know in the past we've done the commentary on the stage to the side, uh, if we need to make room, there's a good possibility that's going to be that way. But we just got to make sure the soundboards and everything are in the same places that they were before. And, you know, we should be good to go. You know, I was going through the stats. You know, we held our sixth and seventh anniversary shows at the uh, Silverton. Uh, the last event was No Escape, which I thought it was 2019, but it was even further. It was 2018. So... It's five and a half years uh, since we've been there, which yeah. is crazy how much time flies. And it's, you know, five and a half years, guys like, you know, Karrion Cross and Matt Hardy in a uh, steel cage match or, or Brian Cage defending the title against guys like Cross and Tyshawn Prince. And, and I remember Willie Mack there. So <laughs> a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and that's interesting because if you think in that time period since he's last been there, I'm pretty sure, I mean, we know Zoe Stark never wrestled there. I'm pretty sure Sepha didn't either because Sepha had just come in right around that time. So, you know, think of the, the stars. Jay, Jay Vidal never wrestled there. Think of the stars that you've made in that time frame who, you know, didn't even get a chance to wrestle in that building. It's kind of interesting. No, but we did have Alberto Del Rio versus Moose that we aired on Impact Wrestling Television. Uh, yeah. We had Jeff Cobb, Sammy Callahan, Willie Mack, you know, guys that have really taken it to another level. Uh, you know, yeah. L.A. Knight was a mainstay at the Silverton. He, he won the championship off Tyshawn Prince inside the Silverton. And I remember that conversation like, uh, hey, Joe, got to let you know, I just signed with WWE. I'll be leaving in three weeks when the plan was for him to win the title. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, we're not changing it. We're going to have him win the title. 
and thankfully he was able to make the next show. And that's when he dropped it to Remy, who in turn redropped it back to Taisha. <laughs> Rapid fire. So that was one, two. That was probably the only time ever. Three title changes in three shows. The only time that was like that wow. was uh, Van de Griff and Jay Vidal. Yeah. Uh, what do you think was, uh, you know, when you, when you look at that time frame, what sticks out to you, the difference between where you feel the company was then and where you feel the company is now, that growth between the, uh, the last time you were there and, and, you know, coming back now? Well, the Silverton was always that wild card. We got lucky to where Sky Brian Saliba, who runs a lot of shows and does the Clark County stuff, where he, I presented to him, this is what we have to offer at Samstown. And I felt we weren't being treated uh, properly. Like, we brought in good numbers. I helped bring in Ring of Honor to them. And this was even before Impact. But, you know, and instead of rewarding us and thanking us it was like well yeah you know uh, ring of honor pays this amount of money it's like but i'm the ones who got you that fucking money and now you want me to give you more money because i got somebody in the building for you and besides that ppw would have never ran there who gave them a lot of money because jeff manning spent a lot of money and got in there because we made sam's town the place to be and it wasn't even only that it was the wrestling events, and then it was the MMA events, and it was some grappling events, and we're the ones who put Samstown on the map. And we felt a little disgruntled, or sure. especially me. You know, I'm the one who put together all these deals. We got in there, obviously, for free, and I understand you got to make some money, but if we have a food and drink guarantee and we shatter it, you know, don't act like you still did us the favor. And then right. start nitpicking about, well, the gross revenue compared to the net revenue. It's like, you told me 3000 food and liquor. We did six and you're still acting like you made no money, you know? <laughs> yeah. So at the time we were at the Silverton, uh, they went from paying us through Brian Saliba to, Hey, that wasn't cost effective. And it's like, Hey, I got an idea. Why don't you just give us the door? Don't charge us. And I think we can both be happy. So we were, and after we had the issues with Samstown, I signed a deal with the Silverton to be exclusive with them for, I don't know, one year period where we would run X amount of shows. They still didn't pay us, but we ran the thing. But they treated us with respect. They treated us with, hey, we really want you to be here, so we'll do this. We're going we're gonna to give you what you need uh, to make things work. Okay, you know, things went well. Uh, and then Ring of Honor was in town at Sam's Town, of course, and they were using our stuff. They were using our crew. So we're there and we're seeing some familiar faces. Oh, I'd love to have you back. Oh, it's like, well, give us a better fucking deal, bro. It's yeah. like we came in here and you're making all this money because of my hard work of putting you guys together because – I felt that this was a better fit for Ring of Honor. They didn't have to go out and rent trusses and, and go to this place for that and that place for that and use the ballroom at the Orleans, which isn't an event center. 
And despite right. being the same building, the same owners, Boyd Gaming, there was no like, hey, maybe you should go over to the Samstown property. We have a great thing there. No, because Orleans was trying to get their own business. So right. I sidestepped. I got Gary Juster to talk to Gary at Samstown. They negotiated the big deal. So they were willing to work with us, charge us X amount of dollars, still work in the, the food and drink guarantee, which made it feasible. You know, we can't pay Ring of Honor pricing to be there. We're the local company. And then we started using both facilities for a while, and things were going great. And then we had uh, new uh, management or new ownership took over, new management. And we had one, we signed another contract for another year. And we had to do four shows or whatever, but we'd only done three. And they were done with us. They had no interest in, in having an FSW show. So I pulled the rabbit out of the hat. Hey, we have one show left on our contract. We'll do it in January. And they had to accept the contract. Or I guess they would have had to pay us off. I don't know what the repercussions would have been. Right. So we do the show. I book LA Knight, Eli Drake at the time. Then somebody else booked him through Impact. And we had Moose coming in for the Mecca. And he was like, well, what about the January show? And I'm like, dude, you're booked in March. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, well, I got this message from Jimmy Jacobs that said FSW in January. And I'm like, I have no fucking clue. So then uh, Sanjay hits me up. And he's like, I thought you had a show. I'm like, yeah, we do. But Moose is booked in March. It's like, oh, no, we're going to cover it. Uh, Kirk White, who passed away, he had uh, the company that he still has, Big Time Wrestling, had yeah. booked uh, Eli Drake, Ricker, for uh, two shows that weekend. So they bypassed us. But because of our relationship with Ricker, we were able to book him through himself. He wasn't really supposed to, but nobody busted balls because we used him forever. So Sanjay made good and got us Alberto Del Rio and, and Moose. And once all that was out, I was like, oh, shit. So we proceeded. We had, I think it was uh, Cobb versus Callahan versus Willie Mack. And I believe it was the Hammerstone uh, Young Boy cross match, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Because it was 2018. So it was a loaded. It might have been Funny Bone. And Cody, which was the match of the year in the steel cage also. But needless to say, we packed the place. Del Rio, you know, we had, you know, a lot of the Mexicans. He posted on Twitter, I'm coming to Vegas. And it was standing room only, literally. And, yeah. you know, it was the biggest show we'd ever done at the Silverton. And it was like, oh. We're going to sit down with them. There's no way they're not going to want us to come back. And then we talked with the people, and they're like, we're not interested in these types of shows. And I've told that story, and I'm like, what shows? The ones that actually draw fucking people? Because the night before, Food and Beverage was crying to us about what a shitty turnout it was for some bands that they brought in that, beside the point that 60 people showed up, they had to pay the band to show yeah. up so they didn't make their money back from the food and liquor on us they didn't even pay us so everything they made was gravy 
And everybody was ecstatic except the bosses, I guess. And that was the end of the Silverton. Wow. So fast forward, you know, 2018, we, we cruised through 2019. Now we're into the pandemic. Nothing's going on for a year and a half. And then I tried to get in. And the worst part is that the Silverton, the lady's name was Jamie, who was running the room at that point. So when I called back after the pandemic and I asked who was running entertainment, they said Jamie. So I didn't pursue anything. And it turned out it was a different Jamie. This Jamie was a male. And the only reason I did it again was it was like it was another year. Let me see. Nothing's been going on there. They're like, yeah, he's not in his office, but if you'd like to leave a message, I'm like, he? They go, yeah, and they gave me his last name. I'm like, oh, so it's not the lady? Who's, oh, no, no, the different person. And it turned out that Jamie was a guy who used to work security for the Silverton, and he was at our last show, and he had been working at our events that he saw Drew well. We never had any issues, and he helped push to get us back in, and Five and a half years later, there, there's still some issues and still little little things that we're hoping to next time around make things a little better and more in our favor. But we felt getting the foot in the door uh, at the cost, being a little bit more than we wanted to spend, was, was good for business. And hopefully we can tear it up on Sunday. You are uh, positive the contracts are signed, right? Uh, yes. Uh, well, we the contract for this show is signed. Uh, they had given us this, the contract for the two shows, but they wanted us to pay for both shows in advance, being that the second show was going to be in September. And then, since all the ticketing is going through them and not through us, not only do I have to have separate money to pay everybody, I'm not getting our money from the ticket sales till 21 business days after the event. So like all the FSW funds and paying for two shows and paying for talent and then having all our ticket money over there just didn't make it feasible. So, you know, bottom line is I wouldn't sign that contract for three shows today. We got in for one and now let's see where we're at after that. And we do have other options. So we want to be there, but we're not going to stretch ourselves thin to be in that venue. Our fans are going to come wherever we're at. They'll come to the FSW arena, obviously, if they feel that the show is good enough for them to have to be there. So, you know, we got tacos now at the arena. We could, we, we got food and beverage. You know, we got, uh, what is it called? Uh, agua frescas. We got the, we got the watermelon and the honeydew. So, you know, obviously we want the big game venue if we right. can, but it has to be, you know, feasible for both parties. Um, when you, what's the difference when you look at um, the performers now having to prepare for this venue? Um, because most of them, this is going to be their first time in this particular building. Um, is is it a different feel in that room? Because it's, you know, it's not a, it's not the typical, uh, you know, the the Sam's Town type room or 
even uh, Silver Nugget, you know, it's it's a little different type of a venue um, that maybe some of the guys aren't used to kind of uh, working that space. Does that ever come into the minds of the guys as they're trying to figure out, okay, what can we do with what we have in front of us to utilize for telling the stories? Well, more shows than not, those guys all are probably working in shitholes more times than working in good places, whether it's a rec center or, you know, a bar or a place with a 12-foot ceiling. You know, we're the only ones who run casinos in Vegas. Right. And there's not a lot of casinos in Arizona or California where these guys are generally running. So a venue that has four or 500 people, if they've wrestled in it, it's probably at Sam Sound or the Silver Nugget or working for GCW. You know, they're the only ones because again, we worked with GCW and you got him, we got him into the nugget. So wrestling is wrestling, you know, you, 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 you're on a platform where more people are watching you, but the, the story is still similar and should be the same, you know, you know, there might be some more nerves cause there's more people there. You know, I've seen people kind of like look out the curtain and like, holy shit, there's a lot of motherfuckers in this place, you know. But when you're used to wrestling in front of 60 to 100 and there's 600 people there, well, yeah, it's like a little nerve wracking. you got to go out there and perform. But we're fortunate enough that most of our younger talent who hasn't really had any experience, they're going to be in a battle royal. So there, there isn't, you know, a lot to fuck up. Now, if we did a 25-person battle royal and 23 of them had less than six months' experience, I'd be a little worried because we did one of those at the uh, Silver Nugget at our very first event. And I still, to this day, call it basically the Shitsville Battle Royal. It was the fucking worst of the worst. And believe it or not, Dom Vitale was in that uh, battle royal. Just, just, you know, just for shits and giggles for, for knowing uh who was in that match i can't believe there's any other active wrestlers that are in that match today but it was just terrible it was thrown together it might have been only 10 or 12 people and it was the fucking worst you know welcome to the silver nugget you know what i mean and the thing is you know look at the card you got Ice Williams. He's been at Samstown. He wrestled in a Mecca with yeah. TJP and Funny Bone and, and Remy Marcel. No pressure on that. He wrestled in a cage against Hammerstone at Silver Nugget. You know, Shogun's wrestled Chris Bay in the main event for the FSW Heavyweight Championship in Samstown. Hero's been in Samstown. Yeah, Danny Limelight. You know, he's wrestled all over the place. So I'm not concerned. He wrestled for AEW against Kenny Omega. I There ain't going to be no pressure there. Jay Vidal's on impact. Chris Bay, the Bullet Club. So 
even even our regular regulars, you know, Van de Griff and Damian Drake wrestling in front of thousands in AAA and Tijuana. So it's just another big venue. It's just another big show. It's just another opportunity to go out there and kill it. You know, we got the numbers from Fight and you know the, the the smaller shows were similar to what Day of Reckoning was, but the FSW GCW show had thousands of viewers. Yeah, and literally three times as many viewers as we had for the other ones. So you know people are watching. So hopefully we can build on the momentum of AEW weekend and have the people on Fight Plus give a shit because I just got the numbers today. And I was like, holy shit, this is how much we made for the month on it? And it turned out it was wrong. It was their cut, and our cut was like two and a half times more than that. And as I told you, last time we made like $78 for the month of April. Right. This month we made 30 times that amount. (laughs) Jesus. So... I get it. We ran like five different events, but the fact of the matter is we know what the numbers are to make this a very feasible product. You know, next week on next Wednesday, we're going to have our premiere, the best of killer cross on fight plus. And then we're going to have the best of Sefa Fatu and the best of Lacey Ryan and the best of Chris Bay and the best of, L.A. Knight and the best of Brian Cage and the best of the Mecca and the best of whatever the fuck we can put on there. Because despite some of that stuff being on YouTube, people don't go on YouTube as much to watch stuff. But if we can generate eyes and now all of a sudden, well, we got Sefa. Well, now we'll have Sefa's match that had Rikishi in it against Graves and people will be like, oh, this Graves guy looks like a bad motherfucker. Who is he? Who may not be aware of it. Right. And the idea is, hey, the best of Killer Cross has also probably got the match with Chris Bay. Yeah. You know, and, and Hammerstone and Cage back in the day, or Hammerstone and Sammy Callahan, and seeing some of these guys, it's funny, because you look at him, and I look at Hammerstone, and he looks the same to me. And then all of a sudden you see a picture from seven years ago yeah. when he's in the Gods of War. And they're cashing the case in against the 1%. And it's like, holy shit, like he really looks like a baby at that point. Like, because you see him all the time, you don't really see the difference. It's when you don't see somebody for six months or a year where it's like, holy fuck, look at the evolution of this person. Hey, we used to say that about Brian Cage because I'd use him and not use him for six months and then not use him again. And he'd be like, holy shit, he's bigger. Holy shit, he's bigger. But then when he became a regular, you kind of forgot how big he would get. Right. Until you saw, like, old footage, you know, you know of, of the stuff. So and, and, now, and now with Cage, it's based on how many kids he's he's having. So yes. last time he had one, now he's got two. <laughs> Coming. Yes, today is uh, the anniversary of uh, Brian Cage's uh, second wedding. Yeah. At the FSW Arena. Yeah. It probably didn't last a year, but I always remember it because it was on my wife's birthday that he had 
and WWE referee that he was friends with, Rod Zapata, was there. Man. Who used to train in Vegas at Russia's school and then moved to NorCal and then got signed by the WWF. <laughs> and he's still reffing 15 years later. Yeah. Um, you know, when you when you look at that type of um, that type of content to be able to put on Fight Plus, uh, with this group of guys you have now, you know, we, obviously you, you kind of touch base with either the events or people who have gone on. Um, are there one or two people like uh, a Vandergriff or a Damon Drake uh, that you have enough, uh, you know, of, of a body of work that as you look for more things to put, kind of put out there, is that something that you guys will kind of do is find, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, a best of, of guys who, again, are not necessarily made stars yet on the, on the, you know, national level, but, are revolving still into that idea of this is a future star and here's kind of that progression of them so that people kind of really kind of get to know that person a little bit better as potentially they might be signing with another you know a, a bigger national company um upcoming down within the next year or two is that something that that might be part of the process for you guys well, I'm pretty sure uh, I'm not looking to do a best of Damian Drake or Matt Vandegrift or even Jay Vidal right now. But when we're doing a best of the Mecca or the best of FSW, that's time you want to insert the younger, high-profile talent that you feel is worthy of getting to the next level. Right. Uh, I remember we had a Mecca show where Funny Bone and Damian Drake was the match of the year coming off that event that featured probably five or six matches with all major national stars, but the two homegrown talents were the ones that stole the show. So that would be included in the best of the Mecca, you know, because in the best of the Mecca, we're trying to what we're trying to do is not oversaturated and do, Hey, I could put 15 killer Kevin cross matches on there, but the right. idea is to put it within a one hour time frame so you can watch it and then you're done. So there could literally be the best of killer cross volume five. Right. Or we do stuff that has some interviews back in the day that show, Holy shit. He was doing, the character that he does today in WWE shit when he only had five matches under his belt. Yeah. You know, that was his persona. He didn't create that when he got to AAA or impact or WWE or NXT, he developed that character, which is what helped him get signed right in W right in FSW. Yeah. So you could see him, you know, TikTok, the toll man, and the killer cross and the early ideas of what we were looking to do because he would sit in the office and, and we would bandy back and forth 
you know, uh, about different things. But he always had in his head where he wanted that persona to be. And that's why within six months he was being looked at by the major companies just because he was one of the only guys to go out there and really put content out on social media. How do you think we got John Moxley to show up? Nothing to do with me. That motherfucker reached out, saw where you went to in the gym, talked to him, and up until an hour before the show, even the guy who ran the show had no idea who Kevin Cross was bringing in uh, after we did a segment with another legend, uh, Dan Sever. So, yeah. you know, and, and no disrespect to anybody, but Natural Born Killers, as much as it's a Joe DeFalco creation, it's a, it's a Killer Cross creation. And we definitely have not had anywhere near the success of Natural Born Killers uh, without Kevin Cross. So... Again, it's hiatus time, and it's it's time to decide if we're going to move forward with it because Kevin bridged the MMA gap with the FSW fan gap. And yeah. without Kevin there, the FSW fan base didn't care as much for it because they cared because Kevin was there. It didn't matter that we used a Cody or a Douglas James, or a TJP, or even a Frank Mir, Austin Aries, Simon Gotch, Graves, Jacob Boston Young. You know, we used a lot of great talent, but not for it's not for everybody. Just like Bloodsport, as great as it does, that doesn't run it every six months or even anywhere else other than WrestleMania weekend as part of the collective. Because right. the most fans are there. And for whatever reason, I can't speak for him, but my thinking is, well, if they ran it as a random event in the showboat in Atlantic City, it probably wouldn't do as well either. Right. Um, so, you know, we have to maximize things. Is Legends Rise the new version of Limitless, which was a tournament that I created for that? And it probably is. And after seeing the new belt that Future Legend created, it gave me an idea. Because of 18-year-old Billy Starks and 18-year-old Brittany Brooks and all this younger talent, that coming up soon, Joe DeFalco presents the Future Legends Women's Championship well, is featuring... It, is, it, is it? Are you going to just recycle the other belt and make that the women's belt? Yes and no. <laughs> I love that other belt. And for that other belt to just sit on Matt Vandegrift's shelf for the rest of his life is pointless. It's a great fucking belt. Right. My thinking is we just change out the leather. Yeah. The leather, yep. And maybe we do a pink leather. Yep. Or, you know, or orange and pink and black. We dedicate it to the Heart Foundation. Maybe we have the pink and black attack on that one. Yep. But, you know, we're, we're looking for a timing. MK, who was really uh, vocal in wanting to do women's stuff out here, 
as standalone shows. I talked with him a little bit. So I think this is something we can re- we can create. And despite the fact that the goal is for Matt Vandegrift to defend the Future Legends Championship elsewhere, what better way than have him defended back in Vegas as the bridge match between the Future Legend when we're crowning the women's champ? And then, and then one so, day you could have a unification match between the women's champ. <laughs> And then they get to keep both belts. Right. For for a thousand days. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So there's so many options and thoughts and what we're going to do moving forward. And we've talked with uh, GCW uh, when they're going to be in L.A. in December and looking for the joint show to be the only GCW appearance moving forward. So if you want to see GCW, too bad. You got to watch FSW people with them too. And, uh, you know, the atmosphere for the last, the first two have been great. Right. And I think that is something that we could capitalize on. We packed the FSW arena that can't put 300 people in, but we tried our best to squeeze as many motherfuckers in there as we could. So we're looking to do this third one as the biggest one ever and have it at a place like the silver nugget or the Sahara event center that keeps popping up, uh, as they are twice the size as the silver nugget. Right. But being, you, you know, using that place, who's to say that weekend couldn't be the weekend that we run a 2 PM Future Legends Women's Championship show. Sure. Followed up with a six or seven o'clock FSW GCW three. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a big game hunter. You know what I mean? It's like Future Shocks, they're great and all, but our fans look at them as, oh, that's a show we could miss. It's got a lot of really younger, younger guys. Right. And even when we do have the Jay Vidal's who show up and Matt Vandergriff's and Gregory Sharps and, and some of the mainstay guys, it is what it is. It's a show for more of the students. Right. And right. a lot of the fans have a lot of choices of things to do besides wrestling, but including wrestling in this town. So we know when something is special, we know FSW GCW is special. We know the anniversary is special. We know no escape is is special. We know the meccas are generally special, except if WWE runs the day before and WrestleMania is three hours away by car and 45 minutes by flight three days later. It's still good, but it isn't the, you know, knockout that it normally is. Right. So, and then, you know, whether it's survival of the fittest, as we say, we like to say our big five, because Mecca has become part of that, whether it's once or twice a year. But we want FSW, GCW to be right in there also. Now, I want that to be something that all the GCW fans and FSW fans look forward to every year. You know, um, we kind of joked uh, that the uh, Stanley Cup could make an appearance uh, at Silverton now that the Knights are the Stanley Cup champions. Um uh, but realistically, uh, with your relationship, um, 
you know, the possibility of, uh, you know, doing something with the the Silver Knights, uh, you know. Breaking up. news, Matt. Breaking news. Yep. Stanley Cup's cousin, Stanley Logan, will be in the Battle Royal. So we're close. We're almost there. How many how many guys' names are engraved on his body? See, that's, uh, that's a gimmick, man. For some that's, reason, there's a name, Mr. Classic, I believe, emblazoned somewhere on his uh, tattooed body. Uh, but speaking of the Silver Knights, we filmed a commercial uh, that you'll be seeing featuring uh, FSW talent. Uh, they did their Royal Gauntlet as part of their uh, schedule reveal. So our wrestlers, believe it or not, are portraying the characters of the Silver Knights, I guess you could call it triple-A type affiliate yeah. that they have. And they have all the same colors. And we'll give away one spoiler. Since the Kraken have only been in business for a year, we had Bodie portray a member of that team, you know, being the youngest person. So it's a lot of fun. We got we got some, uh, you know, you got to check it out and see. Uh, we have some people that you will easily recognize, you know, and you will see some of the newer faces that when the commercial comes out in a month or two might have been featured July 1st at Future Shock. So, yeah. um, so on that note of, you know, sports town, you know, Vegas becoming that sports town. And you mentioned, uh, you know, WrestleMania. Well, obviously, we don't have WrestleMania scheduled here yet. But in February, we have the Super Bowl. Has that crossed your mind in figuring out how to work something in conjunction with bigger sporting events that are going to be seemingly something that Vegas is going to be having more of over, you know, the next decade or so? You know, it definitely has crossed my mind. I'm just not sure if the the mesh is there. You know, there's a lot of football parties. There's a lot of things going on that weekend. Well, sure. You- can, we do, can we do a show? Absolutely. Can we do six or seven that weekend? Ah, I don't think so. Could you potentially, though, do a basically – uh, I don't want to say gimmick show, but essentially that's what it would be in potentially utilizing some of these guys who uh, either are training, have trained, or have national exposure as being football players who have or are becoming wrestlers. Uh, almost kind of that concept that WWE had at WrestleMania 11, you know, the wrestlers versus the football players. Yeah, there, there's definitely been talks, and you know, you've heard the name over the last few months. My guy Omar, who works with the Knights, it's like he represents the Silver Knights, but he also works for the Golden Knights and the Night Hawks and the G League team. So we've kind of put our heads together. That's how the commercial came about. Uh, fortunately, there's a good amount of wrestling fans that work in that office. So. You know, we had numerous people that were very excited about putting their foot in 
the ring. Uh, you know, it turns out the mascot for the Silver Knights has a little bit of training, he said. You know, he, he messed around a little. You know, of course, he's trying to drop axe handles and elbows off the top rope. And I don't know if they filmed it, but he's giving pedigrees and, and shit to everybody uh, with a, you know, hockey jersey on. It's like, oh, what is this guy? Uh, our guys are having to put over the mascot. What's going on over here? But in turn, it's good because from what I gather, there will be representatives of, you know, some of the uh, stuff that's going on with Omar, whether it's the Silver Knights or the Nighthawks. You know, we've talked about some stuff with the Nighthawks being football guys. And, you know, we're hoping to have some of them in attendance. The idea is to get as many people behind it. You know, I, I've, I've, I've sat and watched and paid attention to how they market and getting the kids to come to the shows and making it a, a, a friendly event for everybody of all ages, you know. And it's definitely something that I've stepped back and just going to a game, you know, observed and learned because, you know, I know a lot because I've been doing it for 14 years. And, of course, I know more than I did year one, year three, year seven, year 11. And I'll know more year 20 than I do year 14. You're always trying to find ways because the problem is the dynamic changes. The way I did business 10 years ago, hey, let's pop a commercial on TV. Well, then the advent of DVRs came about and people don't watch things live. Okay, well, you know, before that, people would put it in a newspaper, go on the radio. Well, I barely listen to regular radio, terrestrial radio, as they call it. I listen to XM radio so I can hear the stuff I like, whether it's the new metal or the old, you know, hairband stuff and the, and the new wave. They're not going to have commercials for a wrestling show. So now if I want to go put a commercial on TV or I want to go put a, 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 an ad in a newspaper, it's costing me three times as much as it did 10 years ago, yet I have one-fifth of the subscriptions. Right. And even when I was listening to radio, unless I was on sports radio, if I'm listening to a music station and it goes to a commercial or it's a song I don't like, boom, you hit the next button. So you're not waiting for that commercial. Right. So I'm going to the rock station. I'm going to the, new, the, the old station. I'm going to the newer stuff. So you're always bouncing around. So now it's like, oh, okay, well, social media. Well, not everybody goes on Facebook. You know, we try to utilize the emails and texts and things like that because you're always evolving and trying to figure out, especially in Vegas where it's such a transient town that, you know, from five years ago you can look and the front row is consistently full, but it's totally different people who moved yeah. away who didn't like wrestling anymore. Who's a kid who grew up, who's now, you know, staying away from wrestling, who likes MMA now instead, you know? So you're always trying to make sure you're not behind the eight ball and getting it out there, you know, physical billboards again are something, but back in the day, you'd pay X amount of dollars and it'd be up there for 30 days. Now right. you're paying more money 
and it's up for 10 seconds and it rotates every 10 or 15 loops. Yeah. You know, same thing at the Silverton. So in one way I, I can bitch about, Hey, by the way, we're paying X amount of dollars, but we are now on a marquee and there's three or four that are on blue diamond that are right. consistently rotating all day that if I had to pay for that coverage, it probably would be unaffordable. Right. So, you know, I am looking at the big number for the room, but sometimes you got to step back and say, yes, but what are you getting for that? And we were behind the eight ball. It took us a while to get everything situated that you want to drive to the South point from Vegas, you're going to pass the Silverton every day. Well, I'd rather you see it for 30 to 45 days than 10 days. Because those 10 days might be four Friday, uh, Saturdays and Sundays when you don't work, so you don't travel that way. Or the right. people coming in from California. Because yep. we've known people in the past will drive in from California to come see an FSW show because they like it. Yeah. So, you know, the key is just getting it out there to the masses. And, you know... We have big plans, big ideas for, you know, our 15th anniversary show that I've talked about, and that was going to the Dollar Loan Center. So making more connections with other people that will now hopefully go to bat for us. It's like, hey, remember you guys came in, you know, we didn't charge you for this. We didn't charge you for that. You know, we're trying to work together. Can you right. do this for us? You know, what is it going to take for us? Like, I'll be honest with you. The fucking Golden Knights kind of fucked it up. Like, if they would have got knocked out in the second round, I would have been able to have these conversations. But because they continually did, and congratulations, glad they won. You know, I was at Barley's, and it was like I wasn't going to watch the game. I saw, oh, okay, I looked online. It was, it was nice. I'm not a huge Knights fan. I, I'm not a huge hockey fan. Yeah. But it was like, you hear the crowd going nuts. It was like, I got there and immediately uh, Florida made it two to one. And I'm like, oh boy, here they go. They're going to fuck this up after they blew the last game. And then it was just like, go, 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 like four in a row. And the crowd just went fucking berserk. And, you know, not even being a part of it. It was like, those people all over there, I'm playing my dancing drum machine and basically staring there watching. And it's just like goal after goal. And it was awesome. And it was great to see, you know, because I had some bitterness, I'll be honest with you, because like the first couple of years, they'd make the playoffs and they would continually end up running like the days we had shows. And like a lot of our regulars would not come to our show because yeah. the fucking Golden Knights were on, like especially the first year. I remember we did a show at Samstown and we said we were going to open a little earlier just so we could have the game on so people can watch it. But the timing was so similar, it still stopped a lot of people from coming to the game. And then they ended up losing. I was like, good for them. I'm glad they lost those bastards. But now, you know, I've matured and then, you know, not a baby anymore. So it's like, you know, that's great. That's awesome that they won. And it's funny, because the first three years, it was like every year they should have won. They never did. Last year, they didn't make the playoffs. This year they had a good year, but now nobody's thinking Stanley Cup. And now, of course, this is the year they go out and win. So, you know, Hunter uh, 
sends that WWE belt to the uh, the champions. Uh, any uh, possibility that uh, FSW might make a commemorative belt to uh, have around town on uh, one of the players, maybe? You know that that that's a tremendous idea. You know that'd be wonderful exposure, man. You know, problem is I'll give it to Omar and he'll have it up in his house instead of giving it to one of the players. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Especially if I have Johnny Mecca Morrison uh, present it to him and his girlfriend. Oh man! But yeah, oh, yeah, you know there were thoughts at a game whether it was like, hey, they have a game this Saturday. And again, there was so much going on. Like I had an idea like, hey, can we get Chris Bay to throw out the first ball? Whatever, you know, do something. So I think at this point it might be a little late, but, you know, we'll see. You know, we got Ice Williams on camera when we went to the game last time. So, right. Um, and it's remarkable to hear you talk about, you know, the differences uh, that the – advertising and, and the forms of social media and how everything's advanced yet at the same time uh you're still doing payouts that are the same rate as 10 years ago so hey you know you like to keep things consistent my friend <laughs> as we uh, kind of get ready to wrap up here um let's talk a little bit joe about your feelings uh for the fans going into uh, Sunday, and again, it's uh, at Silverton. It's 5 p.m. is the uh, the start time of the actual bell time of the show, but uh, pre-show kicking off around 4:30ish, 4:45ish. Well, yeah, we'll probably we're gonna do a we're gonna do a match at 4:40 because we need to make sure we have a few minutes before the five o'clock so we can introduce everybody in the battle royal. And right. we, you know, timing's an issue and we're not going to waste 10 minutes introducing 25 people. Because even right. if it's, you know, rapid fire and you take five seconds, you know, and say, Chase Bell, Jeffrey Excellence, and, you know, five or 10 seconds for 25 people is five minutes minimum. Right. And then you have Ricky so, Tenacious. You have Ricky Tenacious in the Battle Royals. So that's five yeah, he's minutes. He's getting the fuck in. He ain't singing shit. Fuck in the match. You know, this This is important. We need to have timings important. We're also on the clock for how long we're in the building for right now. You know, True. we don't get charged overtime, blah, blah, blah. So, right. like, we're going to go in there and we have to streamline this show and make sure there's enough time for the main matches. The problem is people get complacent early and they walk around. You know, it's the only reason Funny Bone ain't booked. I didn't have 12 minutes for an entrance. You know what I'm saying? It's like we got to get in, got to get out. Well, Joe, you could have started his entrance at the beginning of the show and had him in the Well, we would if he was going to be in the Battle Royal. Oh, I was going to say. But now we have to have a separate match because what are you going to do? We're going to introduce Funny Bone, and he immediately will be on right after the Battle Royal, and he's got to sit there for the Battle Royal. Having him grunt on commentary? No, just have have the entrance start at the beginning of the show and then have him in the main event so that his entrance just takes two and a half hours. Until well, he gets uh, unfortunately, uh, we have uh, championship matches that will be on the main event. And which one it will be is still uh, being discussed. Um, 
so so basically if you are part of ice's crew you want to get there earlier because you don't know if he's going to be on a little bit earlier or in the main event well if you're in ice's crew the, the faction or ice is going to be match five either way right yeah so it's five one's eight now Braxton still has a case. Is right. he going to wait? Is he going to cash? Is he going to cash early? You, you have to be there on time. Because I won't be at the door. This is the Silverton door. Who knows if they're going to let you in? I have no fucking clue. Um, what is your, uh, what is your uh, expectations overall for the uh, show? Obviously, it's a very uh, stacked card the, the talent on the show, uh, the uh, the root of the FSW, um, uh, you know, basis of, of the talent. You know, obviously Ace Austin is is you know a different story because of the fact that his association with Bay and Bullet Club is what has him in that match. But pretty much everything on the show are guys who have worked their asses off over a course of a number of years for FSW. Uh, you know, is that something that your, you know, your pride in that fact of the anniversary show, giving that showcase to these guys who have put in so much over the years is really what this is about and for the fans to get a chance to show their love and support back to uh, these guys for doing it for all these years that they've been doing it. You know, a thousand percent, you know, last year was, was, was a great turnout for the anniversary show. It looked a little iffy and then there was a big, big walk up and, yeah. you know, a lot of people came out to represent and, when we first came back the year before, it was the two night show at Diversion where the first night was packed and we had a great turnout for that. So we didn't do the, the pandemic. So in reality, this is our third anniversary show back. And for what we did last year, we really relied on more of the home based talent. I don't want to say local talent. But right. home-based talent, because you had a guy like Danny Limelight. You got a guy like Hammerstone. Now, these are two guys that don't live in Las Vegas, but they've made major names for themselves, and they've become regulars here in FSW. So on this show, Bay's bringing Ace Austin, but Jay Vidal's now on impact, and, and Danny Limelight's been here for more shows than just about anybody. And then right. you're still mixing in the mainstays. You got that younger crop that are hungry as can be, the heroes and the showguns and the ices and the real young guys, like Big Fonz making his first appearance at, you know, an anniversary show. And his first appearance, I believe, in a casino show. So, you know, you got him. And then you still got... The Battle Royal, intergender, you know, there's going to be four or five of the women on there. Brittany Brooks is going to be on the show. You know, she's hungry to be on the shows, man. It's like 
Any yeah. chance I could be in the battle royal? Thousand percent. You know, of course you can. So, you know, we got Bodie, 16 years old, going for a championship. We got the Bullet Club, the Impact Tag Champions, looking to add to it. We got, you know, Hero, probably the first time he's ever had an opportunity to become the FSW Heavyweight Champion. We got a bunch of former champions fighting for the Nevada State Championship. We got Rochelle Riveter, you know, fresh blood. You know, she came here maybe a year ago and she has torn it up getting great opportunities getting to be on AEW getting to be in the queen of the indies and you know she's definitely a future champion in FSW the question is you know Viva's firing on all cylinders you know she she's been our champ for a long time now and she's going to continue to reign supreme and then you got Hammerstone uh, you know, as of now, it looks like he is a special guest on Disco Inferno's Lava Lounge that we're looking forward to. Uh, so Disco is back, you know, one of the most polarizing wrestlers of all time. So I think, I think you just made everything worth it right there. That's a ticket price right there. Hammer's going on, on Disco's show. So, you know, there's a lot of great things happening. 14 years of celebrating FSW. And, you know, we're getting to return to a place that we haven't been in for five and a half years. So, you know, you never say never. You know, love to get back to Samstown. You know, love to be in, love to get back to the cannery. You know, love that show. You know, right before the pandemic, we signed a deal with Samstown to, to run shows at the cannery and at Samstown. And that fell by the wayside. And that was usually disappointing. We were on the highest of highs right before the pandemic. And then everything came crashing down. And, you know, everything has come back, but it's come back a lot slower than we would have hoped. You know, there's still people wearing masks. There's still people that are, 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 are concerned about going out. You know, who am I to tell somebody they're foolish for their beliefs? You know, a lot of people think I'm foolish to, to, to be running a fucking wrestling company. So, and what do I say to them? Go fuck yourself. So, you know, if you want to wear a mask, you're welcome to come to our show. You know, it, it is what well, it is. If it makes you feel safer, you know, we'll stick you in a corner. Not a problem. And that's a great thing, too, for anyone who is a lucha wrestler because you allow them to wear the masks. So I allow it. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Final question. This is a big question. And I don't know if I should ask you this one. And that is uh -oh. being that it's essentially FSW's birthday and also your wife's birthday, which one means more to you? Well, my wife's birthday means more. The anniversary, it isn't even the date of the show. The, the, the very first show was Memorial Day weekend. So uh, the is, is a loosely based type show that fits when we're looking to work it. You right. know, because moving forward, another idea is because of the Mecca and having that be the way it is, Doing an FSW Mecca event at AEW Weekend, I think, could be the next step forward.
Right. And by saying a Mecca event, I'm not talking about our traditional Mecca event, but maybe an event that features FSW, GCW, Pro Wrestling Revolver, maybe Reality of Wrestling, and we right. make the Mecca a true Mecca of the biggest companies, the biggest independent companies around the United States. And hey, if you're from Japan and have a company and want to get involved, you're more than welcome to. But that might be the super mecca. Well, you it's know, to do. it's it's the independent forbidden door, which really it really hasn't necessarily happened because no one's really incorporated that many different aspects into one mega show. Well. Look what we've done. FSW is here. Way above a lot of people. Yeah. But there's no denying GCW is here. But when we have that show, we have been elevated because our talent is of equal skill. They have just reached, have far reached more people. So if we can do another show where Booker T's involved and other major talents from throughout the United States can get together because as big as GCW is, Brett allows me the freedom of putting together the shows. He'll provide some input and maybe make some recommendations. And he did more so on the second one than the first one, but he's still... He never asked one time, well, who's going over in this? Who's going over in that? It was like, okay, we got the idea of the shows. If you need to tweak a little because something happened, we had to change somebody out, whatever it was, you know, he's done that. And as long as the other companies don't bring their egos to the table, yeah. we're fine. You know, yeah. if it's like, well, this guy has to win and this guy has to win and we have to win, well, then that defeats the purpose. Yeah. You know, GCW, you know, not that I planned it in any way, but shockingly, FSW versus GCW, crazily enough, has ended in a 4-4 tie both times. Yeah. The odds of that, you know, if you went to the sports book and bet that, you'd be you'd be a rich person right now. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully year uh, three, there may be a winner. Well, there you go, everyone. Uh, again, the anniversary show uh, is this Sunday, uh, the 18th, Father's Day. Uh, uh, Father's Day, bring your dad. Yes. Uh, you can catch it on Fight TV Plus, of course. Uh, it's 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, or get down to the Silverton if you're in town and uh, check out the show. And next week, we'll uh, kind of talk about uh, how it went and... Um, Hopefully, uh, we'll have uh, either news about a cash, uh, cashed case, or cashed cases, or yeah. a, uh, a one has to use it by the end of the show, and the other one, somebody has to win it. Another right. person has to win it during the show. Yeah. So, and uh, we'll see if uh, Ice can retain the title, or if we'll have a new champion going into uh, this. Uh, next month so all right for uh this week everyone thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll see you guys